Hello. It is Friday, July 17th. I can't thank you enough for choosing to allow this show to penetrate your ear holes. If you like this show, by the end of it, go ahead and tell a friend. Maybe say, hey, you should listen to Pat McAfee Show 2.0. If you don't, just act like it never, ever happened. Here we are on July 17th. Obviously, it feels like time is moving both slow and fast at the same damn time because we're in a much different world than we ever have been. That's the year 2020. But we are one day after the Washington Post reported something at 5.28 p.m. Interesting timing for the column to drop, obviously. It had been hyped up for the last couple of days. A lot of people from the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia said, hey, there is a big news story coming. That big news story was not the name change, but instead an article in the Washington Post that alleges that 15 women have bravely stepped forward and talked to them about being sexually harassed in the Washington Redskins organization. They described a terrible workplace environment, a toxic culture to the umpteenth degree, and hopefully open a lot of people's eyes about what can't happen at the workplace, what shouldn't happen at the workplace, and how you should not act ever towards anybody, and especially lovely women in our society. Now, there's a lot of things alleged to be in that article that were not in that article. The internet was abuzz with sources from the area who had what they believed was inside knowledge on what was coming out in the article. Sex parties, drug and alcohol abuse, Jay Gruden doing Jay Gruden stuff, I guess. And also a potential ref payment scandal that would have rattled the entire NFL. It was being alleged on the internet before the article came out that in the article we would learn about Dan Snyder paying refs, potentially one ref, up to $2 million, which would have been something that the NFL would have struggled to get past, to be honest. The sanctity of the game cannot be compromised, especially in the sports gambling world that we're in. So obviously, that was not in the article, which is good news, but the incredibly toxic culture that was being talked about in the article for the Washington football team named TBD later is something that can't happen, especially in the greatest league in the world. So a toxic culture was exposed. But the entire NFL, I don't think, is going to get taken down for this one. But it's definitely something that needs to be fixed stat. Um, we'll talk more about that probably on today's live show. 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Standard Time, youtube.com forward slash Mac show. If you ever want to call in, feel free, 1-833-622-3331. Let's dive into some cool conversations. I appreciate you guys listening. Cheers. Joining us now is a man who has done everything in the NFL from top to bottom, has great knowledge, and every time we talk to him, I feel like I learned something, I'm entertained. He's incredibly Italian. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah, Lombardi! Incredibly Italian. I, I, I like that. Incredibly Italian. Yes, that, that would be true. I, I appreciate that. Paisan, you agree meatball subs are the worst subs to ever exist as subs? Ever, ever. Oh, Lombardi, get out of here. Get out of here. You know, it's like, 
look, meatballs have their place. I love them to death. But that you know, I like meatball and Italian bread dipped in the gravy. But I, I don't want it. I don't want it all coming out. I want to eat it with a fork. Yeah, bingo. Thank you, my Italian friend yes. who knows what he's talking about. Boo. You can't. Just so for the record, and you can't get a meatball sub in Italy. You can't get real fun. <laughs> Am I more Italian than you two? Oh, no. Am I more Italian oh, than no. you two? You. You forget which side I was on. Oh, side. yeah, yeah. I forgot you played defense like an Italian. But you. Yeah, no, Dick stinks. He flip-flops more than I, I'm not even going to yeah. say it. Well, I mean, look, we, we've been on both sides of the war. We understand being Italian, you can change any time. <laughs> 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 All right, let's talk, shall we? Cam Newton, yep. Cam Newton on Odell Beckham Jr.'s YouTube. I'm sure you've seen the clip. Uh, Victor Cruz asked him about how he kind of spent his days unemployed, and he talked about how it was 86 nights that he fell asleep without a job, and he would ask his agent about teams, whether or not they wanted them, and his agent was like, they have no interest, they have no interest. Then whenever he heard the Patriots were interested, his first question was, can me and Bill mesh? Well, me and Bill, which I think is a very self-aware question by Cam Newton, in your eyes, how do you think Bill and Cam Newton will mesh if Cam Newton, I, I assume I assume he'll dial it back, uh, everything he's doing off the field during the season, but do you think Bill Belichick will be able to have a good relationship with Cam Newton? Well, I think both people have different perspectives, reality in the building as they do based on the media. You know, Cam's this flamboyant, you know, guy with funny hair, great suits, you know, the whole thing. And Bill's this, you know, stoic, doesn't acknowledge, never smiles. And I think at the at the core, they both want to win. And I think, you know, look, look, look at Randy Moss. When we trade, when I traded Randy Moss, for Randy Moss, everybody said Randy Moss was a bad guy, yada, yada, yada. But it was so f not true. The reality of Randy Moss was one of the smartest players I've been around, cared about winning. He wanted to win. He wanted everybody to do it. When he went to New England, everybody said, well, that will never work. And I told Belichick, it'll work no problem because he wants the same thing you want. Now, how you both get there may be a little different in terms of style, but you want the same thing. And I think that that's exactly what's going to happen to Camp. Camp's going to embrace it because Cam's going to feel challenged mentally by what they're going to do with them offensively. And I think that Cam will be excited to maybe prove a lot. Of, he already said he's circling teams that said on the on the schedule, he's like, this team could assign me, this team should assign me, this team should assign me. If he becomes his best player he could possibly be, that's the greatest revenge for anybody, I'd assume. Yeah, and I mean, look, he's sitting out there. He sees Patrick Mahomes at $45 million. He sees Dak Prescott's going to get a huge deal. Deshaun Watson's deal is probably 10 days away from getting done, maybe sooner. He's going to be in the 40s. Is so that breaking if, news? If, is that breaking news right there? Well, I think it's going to get done. I don't know the timetable, but they are going to get it done. And I, I think that this, you know. Breaking when, news. When, there we go. When you look at it, Cam's got all everything in front of him. And you know from playing, a player that has everything in front of him is always playing his best. Yeah, it's a contract year for him. A contract right. year is the biggest year. A one-year prove-it deal for a guy who feels as if, not that he has to prove it because he's already an MVP, but he already has that grudge. It feels like he's going to have his best year yet. Let's talk about the conversation he and Josh McDaniels um, had or, or he spoke about. How Josh McDaniels or maybe it was either McDaniels or Belichick basically said to him, like, hey, you know what you're coming after here. Like, this is a very difficult shoes to fill thing. This is like when Andrew Luck was expected to be able to fill in for Peyton Manning. And Andrew Luck just kept saying, like, hey, I'm not replacing Peyton. I am simply trying to be my best me. He handled it very, very well. And I think Cam Newton did the same thing. He was like, I respect Tom Brady. I respect that he's great. But I, you're going to be able to do things with me that you've never done before with Cam Newton. Talking about power. I mean, he's taller 
and weighs more than Derrick Henry, okay? So he is a big, big guy. What do you think Josh McDaniels will be able to do with Cam Newton to potentially bring out the best Cam Newton and also get wins for the Patriots? Well, I, I think he'll do a lot of different things in terms of the spread. You know, so Cam has this unique uh, perspective. He can spread it out, right? But he's also the runner at quarterback. So when you spread formations out and you go five, you go empty, they still have to count for him running. Well, what does that mean? That means you still have a play-action pass game. Because if he steps up and pulls back, they got to draw it in. I mean, we've not seen that in the NFL. Like, that's where Deshaun Watson could explode. The, the quarterback, as a runner, the defense has to honor. Teams that run their quarterback. We see it a lot often, Watson. And so there's an element. And then the whole fact of what he can do, run pass options, something that New England hasn't had. And I think Cam's right. They're going to be different offensively. So, they're going to be different. So, but they're going to be effective, and I think it's going to show up in the red zone. Look, every time you played New England, you knew it was going to be a certain coverage because Tom wants to throw the ball in the middle of the field, and he's great at doing it. Now that can't be the case, and I think this gives Josh a chance to show people his creativity. So it feels like Belichick, if he has a lot of respect for you as a player, whenever you're up, he's going to try to get you there. You saw it with Ocho Cinco. You saw it with Reggie Wayne with him. You saw it with Randy Moss with him. You saw it with a lot of players. If he has respect for your game, he's going to do whatever he can to get you there. You saw Cam Newton was available. He probably thought with their salary cap, there's no chance he was going to be able to sign him. He ends up being able to sign him for a very minimal uh, contract. Like, is Bill Belichick, if you imp- – what – what puts somebody in Bill Belichick's eyes to be like, hey, that's a guy that is a problem? Like, for instance, Lamar Jackson, I think, had success against the Patriots last year. Cam Newton had success against them. Do you think Bill Belichick watches film and he, he writes down against Cam Newton, like, if we can ever get this guy on this team, let's get this guy on that team? Is that something that Bill does? Yeah, I think he does. I think he studies the game. And, look, you, you know, he understands that, that he has to be adaptable. So, you know, I, they gave a lot, they did a lot of homework on Lamar Jackson, a lot. And I'm sure they probably didn't feel like they could pull the trigger. They had two first round picks. They picked Isaiah Wynn. They picked Sonny Michelle. They won the Super Bowl that year. So obviously it worked out. But I think, you know, knowing that he has to adapt to the game and he studied and what gives him trouble is a defensive coordinator. This is where Belichick's so good. He's a defensive coordinator, but he knows what gives him trouble and movement at the position. When quarterbacks no longer stand at the same launch point, when they have to go, when they can either line, when they can throw the ball anywhere in the backfield, that's a real problem for the defense because it separates the defense. And I think this is what Cam will do. They'll be different. They'll be much different offensively. They'll look faster. I think Keneal Harry's going to have a super year because he's going to get a lot of footballs thrown to him. Nikhil, you were close. I mean, Keneal and Nikhil. <laughs> You're close. Kineo. Well, it slips off my tongue. It's the Italian in me. Uh, you know, sometimes I want to try to <laughs> make it Nikhil all my Harry. Tongue, you know? <laughs> Anyway, Harry. Let's just call him Harry. All the, right? the, last, the last question about the Patriots here before we move on to other stuff, because franchise tagging and contracts getting done and potentially spoiling relationships long-term are definitely things that can happen around the date that we're currently at. So I would like to talk to you about that. But last question here about the Patriots. There's people who still think Jared Stidham is the quarterback for the New England Patriots. Are those people idiots? They're really – I mean, look, just all just pay attention to this. But only bet as much as you're willing to win. Go to the window and bet Cam. Cam Newton is a top-10 quarterback. This is no disrespect to Jared Stidham. Agreed. Okay? And Cam Newton's a top-10 quarterback, and he's going to show it. And the players are going to gravitate to him. So stop listening to the, the media reports that said the Patriots were never interested in Cam Newton to begin with. 
and just focus on take your money to the window, bet Cam to be the starter, and only bet as much as you're willing to win. That's very annoying, yeah. by the way, that the Patriots get Cam Newton a top ten quarterback for a million dollars. When uh, I believe the Indianapolis Colts are at the top of the uh, the charts for how much money they're spending on quarterbacks, forty six thousand dollars they're spending on two quarterbacks, and the Patriots, I believe, are spending two point seven five million dollars on quarterbacks or something like that. It's the Patriots. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Let's talk about that sports track or spot track. I, I don't. The guy's name. He's an other Italian. I think his name's Mike Janitti who runs this. Very thankful for this entire list. But the Patriots, Cam Newton down there, they're paying $1.87 million between Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. And if you look up the top there, Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett, $45,000, $46,000. But right below there, the Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton setup is the number two highest uh, salaries towards a quarterback room in the NFL going into next year. Let's talk about Dak Prescott. Everybody said that uh, last year he should have got a deal done with the Dallas Cowboys. He goes out and has his best year. Now he's up for being a free agent. Then the franchise tag hits and everybody's like, well, if Jerry likes him, he needs to lock him down. He needs to lock him down. His group was steadfast on a four-year deal. Jerry was steadfast on a five-year deal. Now they don't come to an agreement. He plays for $31.4 million this year. The last two quarterbacks, the only two quarterbacks that have ever played on the franchise franchise tag have ended up leaving the team that they're playing for drew Brees with san diego chargers kirk cousins with the washington football team named tbd is the washington post article out yet can't wait to read that i think it is going to be devastating but when you talk about dak prescott his brother put out a tweet yesterday that was very interesting he said there's a reason i wasn't a fan of the cowboys growing up and before they drafted dak and after today who knows how much longer i'll be cheering for them did that situation get ugly down there and is that something that you think about when you're a general manager and you're dealing with your quarterback like hey let's not try to ruin this relationship long term either because that matters in this thing that involves humans well you know as well as anybody money is the only really factor here so let's just put this in perspective the cowboys look at aaron Rodgers' salary they look at russell wilson's salary and they say dak you're not better than either one of these guys so you know they see Jared Goff there and they say okay you're better than him so they offer him a five-year deal that averages somewhere between 33 and 35 million according to jane slater Right? He wants a four-year deal. I don't think it's about years. I think it's about average. Todd France's agent realizes that Patrick Mahomes in the 40s. He knows Deshaun Watson's going to be in the 40s. He doesn't care that his player's not better than Russell Wilson. He doesn't care that his player's not better than Aaron Rodgers. He cares that his player is up. And as you know, being a player, sometimes being the best player doesn't mean you get the most money. It means your timing has to be the best. And right now, Dak Prescott's timing is the best. So for Todd France, sign the tender. Put the ball back in Jerry's court. Make him have to see what he's going to do because in two years he's going to in another year he'll get thirty-seven million. So now he's at two years, right around that number. He doesn't have anything to lose, so it's getting easier for Todd France to say no. There's no deal on the table that Todd France says we should take this deal because it's too easy to say no. If you were Jerry, would you have locked him down knowing that he and Mike McCarthy have not gone through a season together yet and having no idea what that could potentially look like? I would have, I would have, I would have, I really would have been, I would not, I don't agree that he's better than, that he's better than Aaron Rodgers. I don't agree that he's better than Russell Wilson, but I also understand the market, you know, and he's not better than Carson Wentz who did a deal. That's another problem in the Ooh. division. I mean, Carson Wentz took a team, was almost the MVP. They won the Super Bowl. I know it, Nick Foles. So I, I, I think logic tells you, your, your one side of your brain says, logically, we shouldn't pay him this much. The other side we're going, says we're going to have to. Who's telling you Deshaun Watson's deal is going to get done in the next 10 days? Anybody well, re reliable? You know, that, that, that's running through the league. I think people know it's they're working hard on it. I mean, look, once Mahomes got done, 
then the Sean Watson's deal is going to get done. It's like it, it's like you just knew it. It's like Chris Jones's deal. The reason it got done was because Mahomes, the way he structured his deal. How are the they going to pay everybody? How are they going to pay everybody? Chris Jones gets eighty million. Uh, Patrick Chris Mahomes Jones, gets five. The thing. We have to look at the contracts. Chris Jones' contract is essentially for two years. Then there's no guaranteed money in years three and four. Then he can walk away. So all the guarantees in the first two years, we get so caught up in the marquee name of the number. Okay, you know, he just signed. It's always the first three years of the deal. And the first three years of Mahomes' deal is very friendly for the club. Will lower the cap number. Now, they're going to have to get rid of some mid-level players. I mean, if you're not playing well and you're making six or seven million, you're going to be out the door. They're going to have to rely on their draft. They're going to have to sign some guys. But they're going to be – they want – Chris Jones was key for them, Pat, because Chris Jones is the one guy, if he played on an opposing team, say he played on the Colts, he could give Mahomes a lot of trouble. Yeah, number two D-tackle in the league behind Aaron Donald, who's potentially the greatest D-tackle in the history of football. So that's not a bad thing to get. He gets paid. Let's talk about that contract structure. Derrick Henry negotiates a deal, gets it done before 4 p.m. yesterday before playing on the franchise tag. That thing is front-loaded. That $25.5 million that he's guaranteed come in the first two years, and then the last two years it's like uh, $30 million or whatever back there. That seems like a deal that is a two-year deal that they have locked in for four just in case the Titans don't want to have to renegotiate or anything like that. That. Is that accurate? That's completely accurate. So what they decided, look, they said, okay, if we took Derrick Henry for two years and we just franchised them both years, here's the number. And it's probably going to come right around 20, maybe $23 million for two. So they gave him a little bit of a bump, 25 for two. It was a deal that the guy had to take because it's more than if they franchised him for two years in a row. So he takes the deal. He gets guaranteed $25 million. It makes sense. He couldn't say no to that deal, and it gives the club flexibility to be able to move away from it because in year three, he won't be on the Titans. It'll be two years and pretty much done. That's a smart way to look at it. Like, okay, how do we get this deal done? Let's do what the franchise tag is now. What will be next year? A little bit more. Okay, do you want to take this or not? Yep, bingo. We got a deal done, and we save our franchise tag, and we got the workhorse for our team for at least the next two years. That's a brilliant way to set it up. It's surprising that the Cowboys weren't able to do that with Dak uh, because... I mean, if you need to, I, I think that I don't think the I think what Jerry and Steven are probably most frustrated with, no matter what deal they put in front of Todd France, he was going to say no to. He's waiting for Watson. He was waiting for Mahomes. He wants to be able to wait. He doesn't want to get out. He doesn't want to be five million away from Watson or six million away. He wants to make sure that he's there. Did you see the Collingwood Magpies this morning? We're back. <laughs> yeah, you're back. I, I loved it. The back. I yeah. mean, dominant. You see that you see FanDuel has a bet right now, Tiger Woods to make the cut plus one hundred. That's all it is? Yeah, plus one hundred. Tiger Woods to make the cut. He loves Memorial. I mean, anytime Tiger plays at a course that he that he truly loves the person who designed the course, I'm betting Tiger. Bingo. Me too. If he's choosing to play the course, there's a reason. There is a hundred percent reason. Michael, I have an X and O's question. I was I was listening to you this week on your show, and you were talking about how Trubisky does well against defenses when he knows going like and he could practice on Wednesday and Thursday and then the same defense is going to be on the field on Sunday so why is if you know that I assume the league knows that why is it that defenses on Sunday then do the exact same thing that they know Trubisky is going to know well I mean they try to disguise it but sometimes it's hard sometimes teams like you know when Tony Dungy ran the Colts you knew they were going to be in Tampa too you could pretty much predict what they were going to do they were just better at it than you were doing it and they played fast 
but when when Trubisky when the game when Trubisky gets the ball and the game doesn't come off like he practiced on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, then all hell breaks loose. He can't quite process it. It just doesn't. Well, coach, you told me to throw the ball in the flat here. Yeah, but the flat's not open. We got to go to our second guy, and that stuff doesn't happen. That's why practice when it's rehearsal. Trubisky looks good. Practice when it's when it's just all over the place. He doesn't. So if he goes in place, here's the thing. And I talked about this on the show. You've got to bet coordinators too when you're putting your lines together. When Trubisky goes in place, Greg Williams, you, you're never betting Trubisky in that game. He, Greg Williams will do all sorts. Don Martindale, all sorts of things. But when he plays against a simple coverage that he knows he's going to get, he actually looks like he can be effective. Because it's the way he practiced it on Wednesday. Oh, such an inside scoop right there. That's why Nick Foles is going to be the starter up there. You can catch Mike Lombardi on the GM Shuffle Pod. He writes for The Athletic. Former GM. You can listen to him on VSIN and a good friend of ours. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Thank you, man. Cheers, brother. If your mailbox is anything like mine, 90% of the time, it's a fairly depressing place. Political bullshit flyers, utility bills, unholy amounts of coupons. But once a month, once a month, I do have a reason to be absolutely stoked. And that's because of my box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. And no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From styling, grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but it has over $70 worth of gear inside. Already saving $25, hello, and get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code HEARTLAND at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code HEARTLAND for 20% off your first box. Here's what it is. Just a quick summary of why I love it. It's like Christmas once a month. A gift from me to me put together by people that know what's cool shit for me to get. And it just shows up. And I love it. I have stuff in the office from them. I have stuff at the house. I have stuff in the kitchen. I literally have stuff everywhere from them. Things that I would have never thought to buy myself. Bespoke Post is looking out for you. Boxofawesome.com. Use promo code HEARTLAND. Get 20% off. And be pumped up for the gift that comes every month. Hi, how's it going? This is McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. Sorry we are late here. I was banging the lines trying to get some things confirmed from a text message I received earlier about the situation happening with the Washington football team named TBD at a later, you get it. Because I guess something's about to fucking pop off over there with the Washington Post. Who knows when that article will come. Hopefully it'll be within the next hour or so because we'll be able to talk about it alongside a Super Bowl champion who is in a much different backdrop than he was yesterday, A.J. Hawk. What's up, guys? How you doing? So there's so many different rumors floating out there, huh? Like there's a lot of different things happening. We don't really know. We're right on the cusp of figuring it out, but nothing has been confirmed, right? Every There's rumors with everything. I mean, I might say today has been my best performance to date. And I'm saying that strictly because the way my brain operates, it is not supposed to be told 
things that nobody else knows and then shoved on air live like that is not supposed to happen and i know a lot about a lot a lot of situations right now that i guess they haven't been confirmed but boy there's some shit brewing off the court in the nba with that rachel nichols hack that happened into her computer into her hotel room that deadspin wrote about earlier this morning and then also with the washington football team which is supposed to be an expose in the washington post here whenever that ends up getting dropped there's a lot of things happening with a lot of allegations none of them can be confirmed but i was scouring the internet to see what all other people have been told as well because i didn't want to be the person that breaks the news a lot of the things that i was told in the message that i got is being echoed on the internet right now by accounts a lot of accounts and none of them can be confirmed so i don't want to sit on but obviously the new york times uh article that happened a couple years ago that talked about the costa rica cheerleader trip where the redskins cheerleaders at the time they were titled the redskins cheerleaders they were forced to get nude in front of sponsors and then they were said to go out to the club and you know it was all like uh one story and then the courier the choreographer the head choreographer is that mm-hmm. yep. yeah the head choreography for the cheerleaders came out and was like that is not the case at all so th- who knows if it's going to be more of that conversation about potential terrible situations and sketchy business practices but the on-field one is the one that i in the text message the allegation the text message that i got is the one that i think is going to be a, an earth shatterer and now that other people are tweeting about it if there is anything happening with the refs and Dan Snyder, that is going to be a big, big story. And it has not been confirmed. It has not been confirmed. I would assume if it was confirmed, uh, that would already be big news. But the allegations of what this Washington Post article are going to be about are coming out. And boy, it is going to be fucking big, I think, if all these are true. Yeah. AJ. Well, what are you trying to say when you say if Dan Snyder and the, and the Washington football team to be named later? I guess who knows when their new their new name will be revealed. If do you think the new naming is trying to take some of the smoke away from what is eventually going to come out? It's amazing that this is all happening at the exact same time. It feels like now it could be a terrible time to be a part of the Washington football team name TBD. Uh, that is definitely a true statement. This is a terrible. Uh, time to be a part of that organization but it feels like a lot of the decisions that were being made behind closed doors in that organization for i don't know the last decade or two are potentially all about to come to light and also on top of that you have to rename your entire franchise when there's 12 days before training camp supposed to start so it is a wild time over there but if there's anything between (laughs) and refs that is a problem uh, for for a lot like, what of what do you things. mean but what are you saying what what could be what could go on between Dan Snyder and the refs I'm not breaking this news. Other people have tweeted this, but this was one part of the thing that I read that I said, oh, shit, if that is the case, that's a big deal. Alleged payments to, to referees people are talking about oh. on the internet. Mm-hmm. If that is true and they still stink, first of all, doing it wrong probably, yeah. bad investment, yeah. bad money, bad – but if they are doing that – Oh, that's going to be a big deal. And that's an allegation that's rolling out on the internet right now. This is nowhere near confirmed or true. But if that is happening, that's a massive ordeal, not just for the Washington football team named TBD, but the entire NFL. I mean, that's a huge. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, we don't, we don't know anything. We don't know if this is true. We don't know. These are all allegations. Nothing is confirmed. But if something like that would come out to where there was a situation between a team and the refs and there was some collusion or whatever, if that happened, I mean, that's a gigantic 
black eye for the NFL, for whatever team was involved, whatever teams, owners, players, refs, everyone. I mean, we knew, look what happened when Tim Donahue, the, the NBA ref, yep. like what happened with him? He went to prison. Hey, and Tim Donahue happened before sports gambling, okay? So that was just like the only people that he did it for sports gambling, but the people who were gambling were illegal gamblers. So everybody's like, oh, I don't feel bad for somebody that's breaking the law. But now that's like sports gambling is involved. And if you ask any coach, by the way, not any coach, but most coaches, if they feel as if a ref is working against them or for somebody else, they will all tell you, yep, it has happened. I've seen it happen because uh, coaches have to write up reports the day after games and any rule that they think they got wrong, they would like to challenge it. And and then they get an email back from the NFL that says, oh, we got this one wrong. We apologize. Now, granted, you probably lost the game because of that. Maybe you lost out on a lot of future earnings and maybe you're not in the playoffs because of it. But they at least acknowledge that there's a lot of coaches that question a lot of the referees decisions. And when this comes out, it's not. Just, I mean, if this is true which we are not sure if it is, but this is going to be a massive fucking conversation. I mean, this is this is a massive conversation by a lot of people to be had. Do coaches ever reach out to the referees after a game if uh, they think they've been, you know, kind of slighted? You know, Brian Flores almost fought a ref after the game yeah. last year. That was, that was a wild moment. <laughs> what was your relationship like with the refs? Uh, most of them I felt uh, pretty good about, and I would talk, talk to them before the game, during the game, and it felt okay with them. I was never super tight. With uh, any of the refs, but Steratore. I feel like I was Steratore. You're tight with Steratore. I like Steratore. Now, yeah. <laughs> was it Triplet? Triplet's not not exactly my guy. Oh, uh, Walt Anderson, not my guy. Would be a real shame if he. Nah, forget it. But yeah, Triplet was <laughs> tough. Tri Triplet was tough as well. Anytime he gave an announcement. So you remember when uh, they banned any racist remarks, like the N-word was no longer allowed to be said on oh, the field yeah. by anybody. There was nothing else. Like, that could have been a penalty. I was hoping the triplet was going to have to be the one that fucking called it. Like, all right, we got a uh, personal foul on uh, uh, this, this guy. Right? He said, uh, so he, uh, listen, he said a word that you can't, 15 yards, all right, and let's move the ball down the field, okay? But triplets draw that slang that he had, I think automatically made people go, oh, this guy. Like, I think it's just always stumbling over his words, Always, too. and he left his mic on. It felt like more than other people, like uh, through the whole thing, the conversation. But that's not an easy job, okay? I'm never going to say that that's an easy job. There's a reason that nobody wants to be a ref. Nobody's pulling for him. But there's some egregious shit that happens that you just go, like, there's no way you... And then if this comes out, imagine the question marks when you go back in the history of game. I mean, if this is true, this is... This is maybe the biggest news in... I don't want to say the league's history because I'm sure there's a lot of shit that has happened that I just don't know about with my recency bias. But that's big news. That is, and maybe that's why everybody that's been hyping up this news that knows anything about it is like, hey, big news coming out of the wash. Big news. But what if this all ends up to be just complete horseshit too? We have to take that into account. What if this ref thing is just complete bullshit lie by somebody mm -hmm. who potentially just hates Dan Snyder, which I've heard is a lot of people. Yeah. I've heard is yeah. a lot of people. Like, what if that, we have to take that into account too. But boy, there's been a lot of hype for this thing. There's been a lot lot of hype for this story so what we're waiting for the washington post to put this out right are they the ones that did it yeah and i think the reason why is because they have they have to, the washington post has to confirm everything with multiple people so that is what i was told like the washington post professional journalism big time journalism everything has to get confirmed and sources have to get blah 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 that's why they're waiting for this story to come out it's like so then we don't know if any of it's true but i don't think i remember any hype like this for a, a newspaper article 
ever, maybe. Uh, maybe. Since Jay Glazer, since he teased <laughs> something, right? <laughs> Who was it? What was the guy's name? Brian Allen, correct? The center for the uh, – He had it. Big, is he okay? Big groundbreaking news coming tomorrow, Pat. Is, is he by from you and me? Oh, I don't know. I was just trying – I was just going back in time to when Jay Glazer – I know. I was three. thinking we should do it. I was thinking we should do it too because that Let's Jay Glazer – what's that? I say we do it. Yeah, but Jay Glazer, didn't he redeem himself? Didn't he swoop in and take the Derrick Henry news? Yeah, he did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I even tweeted, Jay Glazer's back, baby. <laughs> and he retweeted it in an old school Twitter fashion. Mm-hmm. He actually put the RT and then typed out the entire thing, which nowadays you don't have to do that. But I respect that hard work by Jay Glazer. Uh, so Jay Glazer is back. You're right. And, and what have you done for me lately? We live in that society. And Jay Glazer's back in the good graces. But there we thought there was a chance that could be tough for him to bounce back from. Yeah, I mean, you know. This is going to absolutely shatter your entire world. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Jay Glazer's That's a Jay friend Glazer. of the show. <laughs> Glazer's friend of the show. Uh, yeah, we, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. But this news is going to be absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you're not going to believe it. That one sounds like it hurts know. to do. Does that hurt to do? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Can you drop into Mad Mel right in, in the middle of a sentence, or is there anything you have to say to get into voice? <laughs> no, you can kind of just run right into that one. That one's pretty easy to just dive into. You know, you just kind of pump up the whistle dick intake quite a bit. And, you know, it's all about <laughs> finding the cadence right, right in between the numbers. He... Um, he was talking like that for two days after the draft. He had, to, he had to do. He was talking in that cadence for like two, three days after the draft. Whenever we get off air, it was. He got trapped in Mad Mel there for a little bit, and it's all because that Jordan Love pick. You just become your character, like so. Larry the Cable Guy, you know, his real name is Dan Whitney, and what? I, I what? guess his origins. Whoa. Yeah. Excuse me. The origins of his whole okay, thing. Man, he used bro. to call into Jeff Foxworthy's show as Jeff or as Larry, Larry the Cable Guy, and then he kind of caught on and became Larry the Cable Guy, even though his name is Dan. So he's kind of become his character. He can go in and out of it seamlessly wherever he is. No! Breaking news! (laughs) Fucking spoiler! Huh? Can we talk about this for a second? Did you think his real last name was the Cable Guy? Yeah. No! I just thought I didn't know. I thought it was just his first name and his uh, profession before he got up there. You're telling me Larry the Cable Guy First of all, isn't even a Larry, and that is just a character? Should have been Dan. Yeah, his name's Dan Whitney. No! (laughs) It's not like, it's not a secret. He's not trying to hide it either. No, it's right at the top of his Wikipedia. So he just fucking wears camouflage all day, every day? Is Dan whatchamacallit? Oh, his middle name's Lawrence. I mean, I think it's partly, that's who he is, too. I think, like, he's, he is, like, a a country guy. He lives in Nebraska. Nebraska. Middle name is Larry, and he's from Nebraska, yeah. He's from Nebraska? I thought he's from deep south. Why is that? I don't know. I mean, he's got a draw. To be honest, I think I've seen maybe 15 seconds of his material. No. (laughs) The blue collar comedy tour. You had to watch that as a kid. He sells out stadiums, man. That dude sells out like he travels with Foxworthy. They're there for Foxworthy. But I went and saw. Larry did it himself. He didn't always. He's not only. He would sell out himself. He would sell out football stadiums. A football stadium? Larry the Cable Guy? Yeah, not right now with COVID, but like three, four, five, six years ago, absolutely. Larry the Cable Guy selling out football stadiums? Look him up. And his merch, you know how how much merch this dude is selling? It's unbelievable how much money he has made. Okay, a football stadium. Larry the Cable Guy selling out a football stadium. More than one time. Bullshit. I I call bullshit. Show me your cards. 
Well, I just learned his name's fucking Dan. I guess I don't know much about this guy. Is he selling football? Stay- uh, listen, I saw him in Foxworthy when they came to Indianapolis. Just you know, Foxworthy has forty million albums sold or something like that as a comedian. I mean, you go and see Foxworthy if you have a chance. And Larry the Cable Guy's there. I'm like, oh, I, I enjoyed Larry the Cable Guy when I was watching Blue Collar Comedy Tour, and they put on a good show. I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. It was upbeat. It was fun. They were. I got a chance to take a picture with Dan. I uh, did. He didn't tell me he was Larry. I got to take a picture of the whole thing. I enjoyed the night, but. Now that you're telling me his name's Dan, and you're saying he sells out football stadiums as a comedian, there's not a lot of people. Kevin Hart uh, did Philadelphia Eagles. Larry the Cable Guy is selling out football stadiums. This son of a bitch is legit. It's not even him. This is a character. Good for Larry. Hey, good yeah. for Dan. Hey, yeah. Great work, good Dan. For Dan. Pat, I hate to, I hate to break it to you, but uh, I'm trying to think of any. Okay, the rapper Future. I'm pretty sure that's not on his birth certificate. That's probably what? not his his given name. Uh, that's oh, not true. Yeah, but I knew that. But he didn't say his name was like Larry Future. You know what I mean? Like he made a name that we knew was not on his birth. He, this guy just goes Larry the K. Like why? What? Why can't we be Dan the Cable? Guy? I thought he was a because it was a character he used to call into Foxworthy's radio show with however many years ago. And he, what, he would just call in oh, as geez. Larry the Cable. Guy. That's a and fucking football stadium. Yeah, there's a lot of people there. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Yeah. Larry the Cable Guy, Dan's doing that right. Oh my God, I need to. Can you up. imagine how many like camo shirts he's selling oh. with "Get Her Done" on them? That that jersey, and wristbands, right here. and koozies, and coolers. I bet he sells so much merch. That does look like a Vinatieri jersey, but it could also be any number four on a blue team. Could in be the a cable guy. Sports <laughs> number four. Yeah. <laughs> I am mind. A lot just happened to me one. with my relationship with Larry the Cable Guy right there. Just learned. Learned he has a different name, not him. Then I'm learning he's selling out football stadiums. Like, well, it doesn't matter then. Nope. Okay. And do we move? I think I got to up my respect for the get her done guy. That is next get level. Her get her done. Get her done. He's awesome. He play, You know he plays in Tahoe, and I've, I've been around him where he's sitting there, and you're talking to him. You go, oh, hey, what's going on, man? And he talks, whatever. And then he's like, hey, oh, yeah, how are you? What's going on, man? Oh, yeah, I got these new cigars. Like, he, he's into cigars and stuff. And then a fan will come up, and he's like, oh, yeah, what you do? Oh, okay, yeah, get her done. And he comes right back into Dan. It's awesome. He can go in and out so fast. I don't know how I feel about this. I have no idea. I'm kind of torn here. Is Guy Fieri Guy Fieri? Great yes. question. Yes. Is Guy Fieri always Guy Fieri? Yes. Obviously he's got to be. I think he is, yeah, yeah, for no, sure. No way. He spit in our face at that. He uh, did thing, not. So. Oh, he did, he did not. not. That's a lie. He did not. That is not true. Nick has a grudge against him for whatever reason, but. I love the random grudges that certain members of, of the crew over there have. Like, some guys love him. I know. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out the Drew Brees relationship there. I think oh, Zito's time well, with him. Ty is not. I think is the right? entire office kind of had a, a change potentially, but Ty definitely was on the train early not to like Drew Brees because down at Super Bowl Radio, uh, whatever that is. Radio Row. Radio Row. We were down there. We had Drew Brees on. By the way, brought us shakes from. Uh, well, I brought you a shake. Smoothie, Smoothie King. King yeah. Smoothie King. He brought you one too, didn't he? No, most certainly not. Oh, so he brought me. Oh, I enjoyed <laughs> it. Hey, that was my first time ever really meeting him, chatting with him. He brought us a smoothie. And then Cuban Zeet was uh, turning a lot of heads down there. Young Jeezy was looking over at Cuban Zeet. Uh, there was a lot of people that were pumped up about that. So Drew wanted to meet Cuban Zeet before he got out of there. And to do so, Twice. he, he was, had to lean over and. He put his elbow right on the back of Ty's head, I guess, while doing that. Uh, is that accurate? Did he know yeah. that? 
Did he? Oh yeah. Could he no, feel he the fact no, that he, he did not? No, yeah. He, he probably. Knew. He probably I laughed at his dumbass canny jokes oh, the entire my. interview. You know, <laughs> making, oh, making him feel comfortable. Oh yeah, Drew, you're funny. You're hilarious. All right. And that's oh. how you know. I just wanted to shake the guy's hand. Hey, great football player. It could have confused you for me because for years and years and years, I've been trying to expose that the NFL has been rigging games for him. Yeah, so. you have been very loud about that as well. So I mean. It was an interesting because I've called his child stupid before too. So, so maybe uh, coming into the interview, and then it turns out maybe games were being what's rigged that? What's that for Drew? Oh, oh no. no, you can't do that. Don't you even say that. Those are allegations coming out of the Washington football team. Don't <laughs> don't tie Drew. Drew's already been tied into enough this offseason. Yeah, he doesn't need yeah. that. But I, Drew coming into that conversation. He had potentially heard a lot about our show. I, I mean, from our show. I have a story about how the last thing I remember from until I, before I walked into the most miserable locker room of all time was Drew Brees and his Drew Brees and his dumb baby up on the jumbotron celebrating that Super Bowl, right? And I mean, I called his baby dumb. It, it was for the story, and I assume Drew got that. But then you got Diggs literally screaming as loud as he possibly can for a long time there, like, "Oh, he's going to score the touchdown tonight because uh, Drew the the season or the NFL is rigged for Drew Brees." It always feels like every time he has to break a record, the person's wide open. Mm -hmm. So Diggs has that entire thing, and then lo and behold, all, the other guys obviously have their thing. Drew came in, great interview with us, good conversation. On his way out, he just so happened to accidentally not see Ty, and he just, yep, there it is. That's the that's the image. I mean, congrats to that. But he elbows him right in the back of the head, and Ty did not let up that grudge. AJ did not let it up. Nor should I. I, I should give him the hospital bill, too. He gave me a fucking concussion, so. <laughs> he did. I should have been wearing a mouthpiece, Ty. <laughs> um, how's the vacation going? How's Wisconsin? It's cool, man. Uh, you know, nicest people in the world in Wisconsin. So it's been good trying to figure everything out. We're I'll be uh, here until I don't know four or five more days. Why so. is that? Is that how long you guys went into vacation, or is that how long you have to be there? <laughs> yeah, we just planned on being here that long. Really? <laughs> is that right? Oh, what if you wanted to go home early? What if you just kind of got sick of it and you wanted to go home early? You just head home. Just head I home. I guess technically we we could we could, but it would really throw a wrench in all of our plans and what we've been doing. Oh, that's okay. Oh, because that golf tournament's currently in Columbus right now, and, and it's we for the second watch. week in a row. And I, I think yeah, I would have wanted to see it, The memorial's happening like five minutes from my house in, in Dublin, Ohio right now. And if I oh. wanted to – normally I would go back and I would attend some of the rounds, but there's no spectators oh. allowed, so therefore we are staying here until the end of the week. You're AJ Hawk. AJ freaking Hawk. Hey, okay, AJ Hawk. COVID, COVID doesn't care what your name is. You're not oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. It do be like that oh, sometimes, shit. it feels like. Um, it do be like that. It do that. be like that. Have you, have you ever played that course? Yeah, I usually played about once a year with a buddy who, like, I don't belong there, but I have buddies that do. So usually once a year, I tag along and make them pay the bill. It's <laughs> smart. It's beating the hell out of golfers today. I mean, it is beating the hell out of golfers right now. Dustin Johnson's like plus six. I believe uh, uh, Justin Thomas is plus something. Mm -hmm. Schofel, I believe, is plus his seven. name. He's plus seven. I mean, who's Schofel? You know, Shoffley. You get it. That Xander Shoffley? Oh, I'm sorry. American Century Jeez. Championship golf expert. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just trying to put some respect on guys' names and not butcher them. Well, he would rather the wrong name be announced anyways because I think he's at plus 40 right now. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's beating well, the, the hell out of golfers. Four as we speak. What's that? Mm -hmm. The leader is at minus four. At least Justin Spieth shot him. He shot minus two. In first uh, oh, oh, Justin, oh. huh? <laughs> Justin Spieth. He's getting hot. Is that right? <laughs> Have a little fucking respect for the Under Armour kid, okay? Jeez. Jeez Louise, dude.
Uh, so Jordan's having Tiger? a pretty good I round. I see you pumping Tiger up. He's teeing off like right now. Yeah, 117. Yeah, 10 minutes, 10 minutes in. He, he's probably two under already. He's got a 15-foot birdie putt on the first hole. Here we go. Ooh. Tiger tracker. Great account. Tiger Woods on the first hole. His first week in Columbus. 15 his first feet. time ever playing with no fans. His first time playing in front of nobody aside from every practice round he's ever had in his life at his own course. From 15 feet, Eldrick Tiger Woods. We're waiting on the tweets. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Tiger's going to make the cut. And right now, I think you can still bet at FanDuel. Uh, at plus 100 odds, which means even money. It's normally minus 450, which means you bet 100 and win like 20. It's now plus 100, even money, 50 bucks max. Bet 50 to win 50. Tiger to make the cut. And after hole one, he is. We got a, a tweet with just a bunch of firework emojis from Tiger Tracker. So I assume he hit the birdie. Yeah. So he's one under through one. Woo. This course that is five minutes from AJ's house is beating the hell out of everybody. And right now on FanDuel Sportsbook in the five states that you can gamble legally. You can bet the super boost. Tiger Woods make the cut at plus 100. He is one under through one. Eldrick's back. He's got tiny little legs, AJ. Do you see that in the match, too? Tiny little legs. Yeah, did you expect him to have giant quads like yourself? I, he's very explosive. I mean, back whenever he was mm-hmm. rolling, I assumed that there'd be. And then when he. Oh, geez. But then whenever he. I've heard there is that. But the um, when he had the shorts on for the match, too, the calves were just on display. And I was like. You know what? That guy's got little foxy calves. Like, yep, you know, yeah. He could probably dunk a basketball. Foxy can soar around with his tiny little legs. But Tiger, three away from catching Jack. This is a tournament he likes. That's why he's playing it. And from what I've heard, he's, he's very comfortable over there in Columbus right yeah. now, isn't he? Yeah. Very, very comfortable mm-hmm. over there. He likes the place, and we'll see how he does. Yeah, he, he always, I think he's won the Memorial five times already. Maybe maybe more than that. What is it about? He's just comfortable, good Good town over there. Or he likes the course. You know, he's, good beds. It's Jack Nicholas's place. It's Jack's course. Jack Jack built the place and continues to to mess with it. I think after the tournament, they're they're shutting the course down until next year's memorial to change it around and put new things. I'll probably just try to make it tougher for these guys. We need to get in there, AJ. You need to use your weight a little bit. Throw it around. You're mm-hmm. Ohio get State legend. You know, get in there. You know what, Pat? We need to go. And someone I was just who I was talking to somebody out in Tahoe about it. They're like, oh, are you and Pat going to go to uh, to Yas Island and, and, and report on one of the UFCs that they have there on Fight Island? And I was like, you know what? We actually talked about it. We're trying to get some credentials to show up and jump, catch a free uh, couple tickets on the private jet and make it over there. I think it's only like, what, a 30-hour flight or something like that? We'll stop in Rome for sure like we're Masvidal. But Yas Island last night, uh, there was two dudes, uh, Laziz, Laziz and, oh, should know the name. For three rounds, they stood up and threw bombs at each other on ESPN last night. It was immediately after the um, the NASCAR race, which had a thrilling million-dollar end with 30,000 people in attendance, and they were not Ooh. socially distancing, but they were loud, and it felt like we were back in a live sports world again. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen health-wise, but it, it was insane when I turned it on. I saw the fans in the stands, and then right after Chase Elliott wins the million-dollar all-star race, a big NASCAR show, obviously, I go to ESPN, and I'm seeing these two dudes that are massive, just throwing bombs at each other. And then I passed out because I was tired. But midweek fights, here we go. Dana White's getting his done over there at Yas Island. And I wish we would go over there. That'd be a cool little trip. Yeah, it's pretty impressive what Dana's done so far. Selling 1.3 million pay-per-view buys in the Masvidal-Usman fight. 
Yeah, he's he's making it happen. Hopefully, he's setting the groundwork and showing other organizations, hey, this is, hey, they tell me no over and over and over again. I just keep saying yes. I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And Dana has done that. Whether you like it or not, you got to give him some credit. Hey, that's business, baby. Dana White is a savage businessman. Was going to get the job done. And this is a great case study for all the olds that are currently operating events and announcements. With the way the internet is, you only need a couple days to announce something. The days of a two-week, three-week, four-week buildup are, aren't needed anymore. That Masvidal fight came in on what? Monday it was confirmed or Tuesday it was confirmed? Mm-hmm. And by Saturday, it already had 1.3 million buys. And those fights weren't happening until 3 a.m., 2.30 a.m. I mean, if you, that's the wave that we're in. If, if you catch something hot, you're good to go. That Masvidal substitution for Gilbert Burns was the best thing that could have happened for Yas Island, even though the fight, most people didn't get to see it because they fell asleep. And once they learned that Masvidal didn't win and they heard about the fight, they probably didn't even watch it back. But, hey, that's business, baby. They got the money. They're off and running. And he's just putting fights on over there at a rapid rate. I respect Dana White's business savagery. I really do. Oh, I absolutely do. And he I respect he how he attacks people from the podium when he does press conferences, how he goes back at people on Twitter. Like it's just I guess it's fun to see the guy who is the face of a billion dollar four billion dollar franchise not scared to go back at some dude on Twitter who has four followers and tell him how stupid he is. Well, you want to fight Lebethard too. I mean, yeah. you yeah, how, where are we with that? Is that got? Is that gained any traction? I feel like it's kind of got set on the back burner with everything that's happening in the world. But we'll be sure to go ahead and stoke the flame yep. a little bit. We'll we'll bring out the little uh, the little fan, the air blow thing mm-hmm. to get that thing back alive whenever the time is right. But right now, probably not a good time to talk about it. But yeah, he's he acts like he's a fighter up there, which I respect. You know, like he's up there, like that's a stupid question. Fucking next, let me get out of here. That nah, well, Darren Ravel is an idiot. So anybody, <laughs> like that is just—it's so different. And I think that is why they've been successful, though. By the way, it's like Vince McMahon with WWE. The character Vince McMahon on WWE—I mean, that was maybe the most hated character in the history of wrestling, which is a a compliment. But that type of the face of the company building, so when it has success and when it has failures, you have a person that you can point blame at, which is what Vince McMahon has been with the WWE. Dana White is that too. So when that thing sells for $4 billion, Dana White's a genius. If they were to have bad like a bad run or whatever, Dana White's an idiot. So it's like there's a lot of pressure that comes with doing what Dana White is doing too because you can just toe the line, not really say anything, keep it moving, but then that doesn't come back to bite you in the ass. When you're Dana and you're out here talking about how your matchmakers are so talented, more talented than everybody else and how this fight would make sense and this fight, and if those things don't hit – you can kind of get your reputation questioned a little bit. He hits – Dana White hits. It's not a normal thing. Normally, people come out, run their mouth, and they're wrong. Dana has been very confident from the beginning in this thing. He's had a vision, and I think that you have to respect the hell out of if you're watching from the outside. Well, especially the fact that Dana got paid like 400 mil when the UFC sold to WME, whatever it was. And I'm sure in his contract, they they wanted him to stay on for I don't know how many years and still kind of run the thing. But even if he did agree to stay on, don't you think it'd be kind of difficult to, to continue to come into work and, and continue to try to make these things happen when you just got paid 400 mil on top of what you already had? Like Dana still seems to be energized, seems to, to, to want to go out there and be as feisty as ever to go out there and continue to build the brand. Motivated. 
He seems yeah. still to be motivated, which is awesome to see because there's obviously in all walks of life people who make the money, which has been their lifelong dreams. It set them up for a life of comfort, and you kind of take the foot off the gas. You're like, you know what? I'm going to chill, maybe enjoy life a little bit more, smell the roses, which, by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, uh, but there are a lot of people who they get successful, and they're like, all right, now it's time to back up why the success has come and kind of keep it moving. And in sports, it happens sometimes. Sometimes you see people get paid, and then everything changes. The off-season workouts aren't as long. Maybe there's a couple reps that don't happen. Maybe there's a couple balls that get dropped and don't get accounted for. Or maybe you're offsides. Maybe your weight's a little bit heavier. That happens for a lot of people. I think, though, I think the reason why the NFL has been so successful and why some people have made so much money is because it's much more common for people to get paid and then work their ass off. Uh, for instance, like I think Derrick Henry, this four-year deal, worth $50 million with $25.5 million of that coming in the first two years. This is a two-year deal with $25.5 million. That is a four-year deal worth $50 million. After year two, something's going to happen with this thing, whether it's going to be a cap casualty cut, a renegotiation, a restructure, whatever it will be. This is a two-year deal for him. A lot of people say he can't pay running backs because they get lazy or they get hurt or something like that. I think Derrick Henry is just starting to hit his his stride. Like, I think he is just starting to learn how he can be dominant. Last year, something something clicked for him. And I think this is a great signing by the Tennessee Titans to make him happy, get him money, and say, hey, going into this year, just like last year, we're going to go ahead and put the ball in your hands. Then we're going to play action with Tannehill, and hopefully we do another deep run. Well, I would be – I understand. I think this is a great deal for both sides. For the Titans, obviously, like you said – it looks like a four-year, $50 million deal, but in reality, it's two years, and he gets 25 mil guaranteed, and then the team has to make a decision, whether they keep him, whether they restructure, and even if they decide to cut him after two years, well, hey, I just collected $25.5 million, and I'm going to be a free agent again at, what, 28 years old, probably, 28, 29 at the oldest, so it's a good deal for everybody, and Tannehill, I know I've seen something where it said this deal actually get, pays him less money than they paid Chris Johnson in 2011. When the cap was much much smaller than it is now but I, I understand what you're saying but i think derrick henry is probably smart too at the same time and he knows like hey i know like they don't want to give five six year deals worth of gigantic money to running backs because well look what's happened to the guys that they have done that to it's tough so now he's thinking i get two years let's knock out let's get a quick 25 26 mil hopefully win a bunch of games and if if everything is going well good i'll stay here and i'll collect hopefully the rest of my contract if not I'm say I'm doing well, but they don't really want me. I can go play for another team and, and hopefully make a, a big chunk of money and get a third contract. Imagine if he plays like he played last year, man. It was fucking awesome to watch, dude. Just a man. They have to. Don't you think the Titans have to play that way to be successful? Have to feed him. But there was always in years past, whenever he came into the NFL, there was always those moments. And I said this earlier. It'd be on prime time. And then somehow, some way, they could be given the ball to Derrick Henry. He would get hot, and he would have like seventy yards, three touchdowns, and then you never hear from him again. It's like, what the? Why don't? Why isn't that happening? And I don't know what it was. And I, I think D King Henry came out, and Eddie George said that they had a conversation at some point last season, and it kind of like changed the way. Like, hey, you should probably do this. Like, I guess Eddie George gave him a great piece of information, and it kind of changed the way he was looking at it. And man. Those last, what, 10, 11 games for them into the playoffs, he was just the guy, the bell cow. And if he can continue to play like that, good for the Titans for getting him in for two more years. That's big for yeah. Tannehill, too. Play action is a quarterback's best friend. Yeah, they want to control the ball and, and, and not put it all on Tannehill. And as long as you have Derrick Henry there, especially, though, like 
just look at the – it's funny how teams kind of take on the identity of their head coach. I mean, look at Braves. Like, you talk about a – uh, a Rust Belt gritty dude oh, yeah. who was, was a 15-year player on the Patriots, three Super Bowl rings, like a no-nonsense dude. I feel like the whole team kind of takes on that same personality. Ter- Taylor Lewan, obviously a crazy man out there playing tackle, very physical. Yeah, it's just fun to watch, I guess. So Derek Henry, I'm sure Rabel was was going going hard at their GM and their owner, and everybody said, hey, I don't know how you're going to get it done, but we need Derrick Henry on this football team. If you want us to even have a chance to get back to where we were last year in the AFC Championship game, I need this guy on the roster. I need him happy. Michael Lombardi, former GM for the Browns and executive for the Patriots and coach consultant and all this stuff. He's at every job. Good guy. Italian guy. He said that if you look at the deal that they offered uh, Derrick Henry, it's worth like a million and a half more than if he was to get franchise tag this year and next year. So, like, the franchise tag for the next two years would have got him, like, $23 million. This deal gets him $25.5 million in two years. And he, it was basically, he said, a deal that the Derrick Henry couldn't turn down, couldn't turn down because you're guaranteed the money, and there's a potential to get it back in for another $25 million, too. And uh, it was a deal for Derrick Henry that was, like, good money. So he said it was almost like a perfect setup. Like, he said it was like a perfect setup by the team. And he wondered if Dak and the Cowboys were ever going to come to an agreement, especially because he feels that Dak's agent, Todd France, I believe is his name, was waiting, just waiting, because Deshaun Watson has a deal coming in the next 10 days, I guess, which is going to be around $40 million a year is what I what Michael Lombardi thinks. Next so what's ten- it going to look like? Do you know what it's going to look like, like the overall numbers? you have any idea? No idea. When Lombardi said it on the show, he just said it in like passing. He was like, they know Deshaun Watson's deal is going to be done in the next 10 days for about $40 million a year. And they know this. And I was like, that's happening? He's like, oh, oh yeah, it's in the NFL. Everybody pretty much knows that once Patrick got done, they were going to try to lock down Deshaun. And and for Dak, that's what his people are watching for those two uh, to see what those deals are because they went somewhere in a $40 million a year range as opposed to the 33 35 It was wild to hear it all because these contracts, a lot of people think it's how good you are, which definitely matters. You have to be good. You have to be good. But the timing – how much does the team revolve around? There's so much that goes into whether or not a, a, a quarterback gets broken off or anybody gets broken off. Timing is gigantic. You're right. You, you obviously have to be good to, to get a big deal have to be like good. that, but timing absolutely helps. And, oh, okay, what are their other options? Do they have a young backup that they want to – that think that he could be the next guy? Do they want? Are they looking at the draft? Or do they, they think there's possible free agents to sign? Like if you're a quarterback, I mean, any position you're in, timing is definitely huge. Uh, when you come into free agency, but so let's say Deshaun signs and he gets about forty million a year, is does Dak come back and say, "Hey, we want something not as high as Pat Mahomes, but a little bit more than Deshaun Watson"? Yeah, I don't know. I have no does idea. Does he deserve more than Deshaun Watson? I have no idea. But if he gets, I don't either. If he gets franchise tagged the next two years, it's sixty nine million. So it's not a bad payday, guaranteed. <laughs> Two years, $69 million. Any deal that is offering anything less than double that, you probably turn down, right? If you're not yeah. doubling at least $140 million guaranteed, probably going to get turned down there. Because why would you commit to five years if you can get half of the money guaranteed in two years automatically? That's just tough. That, those business negotiations, man, when there's that much money on the line, it has to be very difficult to remember. Oh, yeah, there's just fun coupons. Yeah, just, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> 
37 million a year? Yeah, fuck, get out of here. They got deserve 41. Oh, yeah. But that 4 million in between, I'd take that too. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it, it has to be. I don't know how you balance that. It's just like at the casino, I guess, when your chips are just like, yeah, it's not really worth money. These are just chips. But you have to be able to do it. Have to be able to do it, AJ. You have to be able to do it. Yeah, you do. I, I, man, the Pat Mahomes deal. I know everyone freaked out when he signed it for how much it looks, you know, whatever, 10 years, 500 mil, whatever it is. But I don't think anyone sat there and said, oh, he doesn't deserve it. Okay, like, hey, I wouldn't pay him that much. Did you hear anybody say that? No, you heard everybody say that he deserves more. Yeah, they said, "Oh, the t- or the Chiefs, they made out on this one." I'm like, "Really? Did they?" <laughs> half a billion dollars, a half a billion dollars. How much is guaranteed? We don't know because they only released that injury guarantee. Bullshit, bullshit. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> Me neither. And I, I would like to know what the guarantee is, not just the injury guarantee. I'm about sick of it. Has the Washington Post said anything? <laughs> no, it still hasn't come out yet. I'm checking my sources. They have not. So when does this? Okay, but the the Washington Post, though, Pat. So let's say they're working on this story that we allegedly have heard. There's all kinds of crazy things that could come out. Something to do with the referees. Who knows what else? How they must have been working on this for months. Like this isn't just something that the the Post picked up on four days ago. Like this has to be. This goes back months. It has to be the amount of research and confirmation and stories that you have to. That has to be months. There's no way it's just one Zoom call. No. No. All right, everybody, everybody's got problems. We're all going to meet in a Zoom call here, and let's just start fucking going airing it out. You know what I mean? And we'll just write it down last week, and then we'll put this out next week. I assume there's a lot of digging, prying that has to happen. Probably sources that probably don't normally talk are probably being asked to talk. I mean, it is. If it is everything that's being alleged, and we have no idea if it is or not. We have no clue if anything that has been said on the internet, on this show, anywhere is true or not. But, boy, if it is, we're talking... Big news. Yeah. Big, big news. Nuke. Nuke. And Ron Rivera's got it. Ron Rivera's sitting there, and he's going to have to deal with the storm even though he wasn't there. It's all things that happened before he arrived. That's why the, but all the things that we're hearing are potentially going to be talked about are incredible reasons for why the 40% owners of the Washington football team named TBD would want to get out, by the way. We do not want to be associated with this. We would like to get out of here because whenever it came out that the minority owners who own 40% of the Washington football team would like to get out of ownership because they're fed up with Dan Snyder or something, I'm like, I understand you can be fed up with Dan Snyder, but when you bought in with Dan Snyder, you knew Dan Snyder. In the NFL, most people aren't trying to get out of owning an NFL team. Like, NFL teams are, are just making their money printing machine basically that's what they do they just print money and that time is not going to stop i don't think for any time so whenever i heard that somebody wanted to get out there it was very confusing very very confusing but now that you're hearing the potential allegations like oh that's why they don't want to be attached to that at all and ron rivera probably had no idea of any of this signs the deal he's like wait a minute what what am i now a part of all of a sudden okay i got to change the name because this is obviously terrible and also we have to clean up the entire building because of everything you guys have been doing for the last decade ron rivera probably like any other team i could have been a coach anywhere else which he could have been he could have been anywhere else the fact that he's there probably going to be you know a godsend for those fans because he might be able to help out and navigate the waters but boy if that thing comes out with all the shit that we've been hearing and seeing on the internet that is wild hey i got a a big announcement Uh oh big announcement 
Now, this isn't the Washington Post announcement, okay? This isn't going to be a tough-to-read or tough-to-hear announcement or a disappointing, sad announcement. This is what we like to call the polar opposite of that. This is an ecstatic announcement that needs to be heard from coast to coast, sea to shining sea. Mm -hmm. This is a huge week in Canadipping history as Canadips has finally launched the flavor of all flavors... Wintergreen. Big day. Big day. Big day. Pack it up. Big week for Canadips and CB. Their CBD pouches are next level. They taste incredible. Now they have Wintergreen. Replace your tobacco terrible shit that you put in your lips and put in a Canadip CBD-infused pouch that now has a variety of flavors. They obviously have the tropical flavor. They have the lemon flavor. But ladies and gentlemen, this week, a winter green flavor has been added to the arsenal. Ty, I know you got to be jacked up about it. It couldn't be happier. I mean, I quit a while back, but I was still, you know, kind of hankering for a chaw. Guess what? It's back with the winter green here. Well, Canadips, a great replacement for the old school tobacco. Oh, yeah. Nobody likes old school tobacco anymore. There's no. no reason to. It's dangerous. You look stupid. It's sawing down your teeth. Oh, it's staining you. Don't worry about that. You can have the same habit, same buzz, ding, but with CBD instead of that nasty-ass tobacco. In the spirit of being a better man, Canadips wants to challenge everyone to put down the bear, the grizzly long-cut wintergreen, and pick up the Northern California wintergreen wonderland. The Northern California wintergreen wonderland. Wow. Let that touch your mouth. Go to CanadipCBD.com and use promo code LIPBOOMERS for 15% off everything on the site. And for a limited time only, Canadips will throw in a free tin of OG Kush with every wintergreen log, which is ordered with the promo code. Life's too short to pack tobacco. Grab a tin of Canadips CBD wintergreen and hang a honker in front of the kids and wife and feel like a true hero. Hang a honker. Is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hang it, baby. I've never said that, but that's, that's pretty honk, good. Honk. No more trips to the garage to sneak a dip in sorrow. Liberate yourself and hang lip boomers with Canadis, Canadip CBD. That's right. Go to CanadipCBD.com and use promo code LIPBOOMERS for 15% off. It's good stuff. Dan would say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wintergreen's a big come up there for the oh, yeah. Canadip mm-hmm. uh, replaced tobacco community because Wintergreen is a very popular tobacco that people shove down their mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a staple. One of the original flavors. Now you got CBD-infused patches that make you feel better and have great taste. AJ, um, can we talk about Zion leaving the bubble in Orlando to attend a family emergency? Now, obviously, T's and P's to whoever he is going to see or whatever has happened, but I feel like a lot of the decisions around the bubble were made to see if they can get Zion into the bubble and playing. And now, if he comes back, he has to be quarantined, I think, for 10 days unless they make an adjustment to that rule. Feels like Zion's probably out of the bubble, which is massive news for the NBA. So, okay, how much time does he have? Let's say he gets back in the next two or three days. Does he have enough time to quarantine and still play with his team when they start? I think he would have enough time in that particular case, but he wouldn't have been practicing or playing for 10 days. And before we went into the quarantine, they had him on limited minutes due to injury. I think that could potentially raise some eyebrows down in the Pelicans organization. Obviously, want everything to be okay with Zion and his family in safety. 
But boy, when you talk about the bubble, no Zion is tough. But if he does get back quick, I think they'll be able to make it still, AJ. You're right. I think they'll find a way. Don't you think the NBA will find a way to, if it's not too serious, whatever he's dealing with with his family, which it has to be serious for him to leave the bubble. But if they they can get this figured out within the next three, four, or five days, the NBA knows, hey, we're trying to make some money, and we're we're losing some money because we can't have fans in this whole situation. We need Zion playing. No matter, I don't know how many games he's going to get to play, how many minutes, but we know the ratings are much, much better if Zion is in the lineup. So I think they're going to do whatever they possibly can to, to safely get Zion back in the bubble and let him join his team again. Zion! Zion! Zion. Who cares about the Pelicans when Zion's not in the lineup? By the way, I did not, but I'm a massive Pelicans fan. (laughs) Massive. Big J.J. Reddick fan. Isn't he on the Pelicans? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, you should see uh, Drew Holiday, dude. Um, Come on, mm -hmm. bro. Brandon Brandon. Ingram. What up, B.I.? Lonzo. Oh, Lonzo Ball. The guy couldn't even shoot a basketball when he was in Los Angeles. He goes down to New Orleans. Stud. He's like the mailman. He's delivering stuff to Zion on a daily basis on the internet. I mean, the guy is maybe a he's point Carl Malone. god. Huh? He's, he's turned into Carl Malone, like a big power forward? or what? No, he's like more Stockton. Is that what Stockton's nickname yeah. there, the mailman? No, Malone. Yep, you got it. Yeah, Stockton, mailman. Stockton could dish it with the best of them. Well, it would make mm-hmm. a lot more sense if you're the mailman, if you're the one delivering the ball. Mm. You're right. Wow. He delivers the ball into the hoop, I think, is the... Uh, thing from delivers Malone. wedding rings to underage girls oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Christ <laughs> almighty! what's going on what over there Carl Malone look it up oh my <laughs> god Wait, what this guy what do you mean what happened look it up oh my god I can't exactly right now I'd like you to give me a short version of what may have I would not you can't is this confirmed? Oh, yeah. yeah. He already said he gives wedding rings to underage girls. So like, what else can he say to hurt himself more? Hold on. Before you say you never know. I would like to know son. whether or not this is 100% confirmed and true. It is confirmed. The first that popped you, up is Diamond Dallas Page. What? What did you? <laughs> Carmel was tag team partners with DDP. Yeah. and DDP. Bash at the beach. <laughs> Bash at the were tag team partners. What did you Google for that? Uh, Carmel Malone wedding rings. Carl Malone. Um, it wasn't a wedding ring. He fathered a child with a 13 year old girl. What? Holy. Yeah. Who? Carl Malone. The mailman. Is that the same one who went to the NFL or no? I believe his that son? was I think the it son. Is, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What? Yeah, that, that kid went to the NFL. So, I mean, it worked out. Oh. He's got a, I mean, he has a lot of kids to deal with. I don't know how many exactly, but I know he has a good amount. And that's. Telling you, it's that's mailman talk, old, really? Huh? Thirteen years old? That's that. I don't Allegedly. know how we just skipped past that. We got to the NFL all of a sudden. I don't fucking. Uh, yes, uh, that does check out. Thirteen years old. I'm not gonna say her name, but uh, yeah, it, it. Yeah, he was twenty years old but at the time. What? Don't you get? Don't you get in trouble for that kind of thing? You would think. Yes. Not if you're the mailman, government he employee. On, I, he was making the rounds. <laughs> he was doing media, I think, just within the last couple. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, like yeah. he did it yesterday. It was when he was 20, so it was a long time ago. Not saying it makes it any better, but it's out there. It happened. This show stinks, uh. dude. Times have changed. This show stinks. I, I don't need that in my life. I was just, I was perfectly fine just moving along without that. But here I am. I, now I know I'm woke to Carl Malone having sex with a 13-year-old. People wonder why the Jazz didn't win a championship. Why not? Why is that? Fortune does not favor Carl Malone, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little. What's on your dry erase board? 
Oh, uh, is Washington football already dead? Beep, 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 beep. Facts coming in. 10,000%. Yes, they're dead already. It's like a quick fax machine. That's his new gimmick, the uh, lift up the piece the of paper. It's yeah, a printer. Printing fax back here. What do you want me to do? Oh, because it is fax, too. It's F-A-X. It's a fax oh, with fax. Wow. F-A-X. Yeah, there you go. Almost misspelled facts there. (laughs) Hey, Pat, so does this audio that uh, supposedly was recorded with Rachel Nichols, is it going to be released? What do you mean? Didn't you say something? There was a, a rumor that some kind of thing, Rachel Nichols was hacked or something. I know that's out there. Deadspin wrote an article late night last night or early this morning. I read it this morning that... Allegedly, so I don't know if this has been confirmed or not. Allegedly, Rachel Nichols' computer or iPad or whatever she was shooting back to ESPN with in her room was hacked by somebody at ESPN to record her after hours when she was not on the camera. Right? This is what the article alluded to. I have no idea if this is true or not. This is what the article alluded to on Deadspin, which, by the way, did not read like a Deadspin article of like the last five years. It was actually no, it was more like a Deadspin the past like ten years. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was first time I've read Deadspin probably in a very long time actually because it was such a wild story and the way they framed it was like. Some creep at ESPN was spying on Rachel Nichols and recorded a conversation that she was having. And then I guess a four minute video of the video that was being recorded or, or stolen was then circling, uh, circling the rounds for her to sell. And I think Deadspin in the article, the way they made it feel as if they didn't want to talk about the video because it was e- illegally recorded because Florida and Connecticut are both, uh, or Massachusetts, Connecticut. What is the ESPN at? Connecticut. Are two-party consent states, so both sides have to confirm to being, uh, or agree to being recorded. So I think the person that recorded the video was trying to send a video out to disparage Rachel Nichols, is what Deadspin said in the article. And then Deadspin said, we are in an interesting place, because although that would be information that they would, that would be reported the video was done illegally like very illegally done so i I think there's a chance that whoever recorded that was potentially trying to take rachel nichols down but that person for whatever happened in the conversation they said that there was things potentially being said but in the four minute video they watched they did not see that but whoever did that is probably going to get arrested i would assume for doing something incredibly creepy uh especially with what happened with aaron andrews when people were recording her in there so i think there's a lot of question marks around this story but if feels like there's a, a creepy hacker out there uh, trying to hack into people's computers. And I guess Rachel had her camera covered, they said, because it was only audio, but the audio was being picked up. So that's, that's a fucking weird world we're in right now. I mean, especially if it's an ESPN employee Ooh. that kind of hacked in there and, and figured it out. Like, how creepy is that? How wrong is that? Like, that's just wrong on every every possible level. It's no matter, like, what What's your intentions with that? What, what, what were you planning on doing with it? It's creepy, right? I would assume that he was trying to get nudes. Yeah, sure. I assume yeah. this was an attempt at potentially getting like uh, the Aaron Andrews situation. I would assume there's no way they just, I mean, unless they were just trying to record everything she was saying. I don't know. I have no idea what the intent was of the whole thing. Creepy nonetheless. But I guess there is a conversation that was recorded that is uh, was described as being very interesting or, or whatever. 
that she probably wouldn't want out there publicly. That she was having a private conversation that she did not, it was not intended for mass consumption. I would assume, yeah, that a private conversation, the way Deadspin was like kind of dancing around how it was described to them whenever it was potentially being sold. I don't know if the person was Did somebody to- sell it or offer it to sell to a Deadspin? Is that what happened? I'm thinking that's what happened. I don't know if they were shopping it or they just sent it out there in an attempt to do it. And Deadspin, I mean, against all odds almost as an internet company, I, it seemed like they almost took the moral high ground in the situation mm-hmm. i don't know it's a very i don't think we know enough about it but i would assume that just like with this washington post article that's supposed to come out at some point about the washington football team named tbd uh i would assume more is going to come out about this as we roll on especially in the world that we're in right now nothing ever everything gets out nowadays everything gets out and if you're rachel nichols i would hope she is getting her lawyers lined up to sue whoever did this to her Everybody. Well, then also ESPN would have to find out who this is. And then I would assume that since that's hacking, that's probably a federal. There's probably something. I mean, there's going to be a lot of shit with this. Just like with the Washington. There's going to be a lot. We're in the sports world. Talk about sports. And it'd be great if we could just talk about sports. But the state of sports right now is reality television at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There's shit going on everywhere that you would have never, ever expected or guessed. In sports, Tiger is two under through three. Let's go. Here you go, Tiger. Fandle right now, plus 100 bet if you want to get in that he's going to make the cut. Spoiler! He's making the cut. Yeah. Spoiler! Hey, too bad, Fandle, just losing whoever goes and bets $50, which is the max right now, to win 50 bucks. But this happened, by the way, a couple different times. We have tried our best to take down FanDuel. We did a spread to love campaign where one team was plus 100 and something in a game. We did another spread to love campaign where uh, the Colts were plus 59, almost lost. Needed it too. Uh, but there's there's been a couple of these occasions where it makes no sense how FanDuel makes any money, to be honest with you. And I'm all about it. Super boost the shit out of it and let's make some money. Yeah, plus 100 to make the cut. I mean, that's great odds. Like, how, why do they do that? I think the best sports you know, in the world. That's why it's the best. It's the friendliest, fairest, funnest book there is. But also, we super boosted two things this past week, and everybody lost. So I would assume that they feel bad about the start of the super boost run this year. Because last year, I did a lot of boosting during the fall. Oh, oh yeah, we were hitting. Boom, 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 boom. Hit, 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 hit. Super Bowl, we had like a, a double super boost that even went even yeah. bigger. So I mean, we hit them hard last fall and then we started out cold i'm wondering if they're worrying if we're cold and we lost it so that's why they gave us this one it don't matter i don't give a fuck to give away free money we'll take mm-hmm. it yep doesn't Who, matter who's carrying who's who's showing the memorial is it on cbs that's what it usually is i think we were watching golf channel i think earlier they yeah. had a couple of different holes on but normally the people that cover golf is nobody because it's fucking impossible to find <laughs> yeah yeah but think about it think about the ratings if tiger is in the final group on sunday and there's no other sports going on. Remember when he won the Masters, how it oh, legit took oh. over the world? Like, everyone's like, oh, this is the greatest. It was Father's Day. It was like it was meant to be. If Tiger can come back after, I don't know when the last tournament he played in, wasn't it before COVID? And he comes back with no fans. Like he said, this is the first time I've ever really played with no fans because even in college, there was always a few stragglers following me around the course. What if he goes and he wins in his first tournament back? Everyone's going to think uh, he's going to go win the Masters in, what, November this year? Yeah. Bro, it is going to go bonk. I mean, the internet will stop for Tiger. The ratings will be through the roof. And everybody loves that. 
for everybody. Fans like it because we get a chance to see Tiger. Tiger likes it because people get to see Tiger. And golf likes it because everybody's watching fucking golf. It is... It's huge for the sport, especially if he gets into it with like Kepka or something. Like, mm-hmm. if there's like a young gun that they can get into it on that Sunday, oh, that's a day I would not want to wake up and feel like, okay, I gotta go one on one with Tiger Woods today for a million bucks or whatever. Let's go ahead and knock this one out. You want to sleep on that one, Pat? Like, would you want to sleep on that? Like, after round three, they tell you, you get done, like, hey, uh, tomorrow, good. Hey, good job, man, so far. You're in the final group. You will be teeing off at 2.05 p.m., which is very late. You're going to wake up and have all day to mess around. Oh, hey, uh, who am I playing with? Uh, some dude I never heard of, and then uh, Tiger Woods. Oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Let me go sleep on that one. Oh, okay. Do you have Ambien? Or can I get a couple of those? Because I'm going to have to wake up around noon tomorrow so I don't just overanalyze everything all morning. What's up, Diggs? Thursday, Friday is Golf Channel 2.30 to 6.30. Saturday is 12.30 to 3 Golf Channel, and then 3 to 6 on CBS, and then Sunday's 3.30 to 7. CBS. Listen to that shit. Listen to that shit. Just give me one, just give me one place. Why is golf can't doing do this? Come on, golf. Especially now, though. Why can't golf put it on one? I understand Good why question. when there's other sports happening, you got to show some of the early rounds on the golf channel and then go to big CBS or whatever. But now, if you're CBS, can't you just carry the whole thing because there's no other live sports? Like, do we have to show reruns of Days of Our Lives right now? Why can't we show golf? Hey, a couple updates here, by the way. Um, the minor- minority shareholders of the Washington NFL team, as Schefter put it, have hired the investment bank Moog and Company to vet buyers to sell their stake in the team per league source. So they are moving forward as fast as possible to get out of ownership with them. And the Washington football team has hired an attorney to review the team culture. So this is like uh, going to rehab instead of going to jail, hoping that they won't punish you as hard on the other side. They make a move in there and i feel like this is gonna get this this is gonna get this is gonna get bad i mean these are big moves these are billionaires moving out of a billion dollar company that they're gonna make billions of dollars with saying get me the hell out of here can't do it now washington is like uh before this gets out somehow whenever they're gonna post let's go ahead and act as if we're trying to fix this is like um this is when colleges try to uh punish their the person who breached the violation of the NCAA rules. Like we're going to punish them so hard that the NCAA doesn't come in and punish them. That feels like that's what the Washington football team named TBDs is doing now. But when this thing, when this thing pops off and it's everything that we have all read on the internet and heard about, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be trying to hire lawyers to figure out if they can study their team culture and figure this out, how how not to do this. Is it pretty much inevitable that, that, Dan Snyder is no longer going to be the majority owner of the Washington what? football team. Can he be forced out by the other owners? You yeah. think they can vote Not him out? The, I don't. I, I saw something where he could definitely be forced to sell the team. I don't know if it has to be like a vote from all the other owners or what. Um, didn't they do that to the Carolina owner who ended up dying? Yeah. He kind of got forced out, I feel like. Yeah. Well, and then Donald Sterling in the NBA, too. They yep. kind of just forced him to. Is that a vote by the owners, or is it something that, like the commissioner can say, like, hey, and if you're you the have mi- to sell your board? Team. But if you're the minority owners there, if you know that he's potentially going to get pushed out, why are you leaving? Why don't you try to become the majority owners? Let's get 11% more here, and we become 51%. That, so I don't know. I don't know if the NFL does it like the NBA does it. 
A little-known clause in the NFL's bylaws gives League Commissioner Roger Goodell the power to order the sale of a team if an owner is guilty of a conduct detrimental to the welfare of the league or professional football. Which, Bingo. if everything that we are reading is true, that would definitely fall into that clause. Roger Goodell, sitting in his chair in his basement, eating peanut M&Ms, okay, <laughs> makes the call to Snyder and says, you're at, that team goes up for sale. I mean, who's the ex-owner? Maybe Bezos. Bezos. Yeah. Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, who is currently holding this entire thing in his hand. He has allegedly wanted a team. Boom. Maybe Mark Cuban gets involved in this Ooh. thing. Who knows what it's... By the way, if Mark Cuban wants to run for president, owning the Washington, D.C. football team named TBD, probably not a bad move to get in there. There's going to be... This is going to... And what, by the way, by the way, by the way... 12 days until training camp kicks off. New name, probably new owners, if this is all true, that comes out. And in 12 days, training camp happens. Good luck, Dwayne Haskins. You're going to fucking do great. You're going to do it. Where do they get that price at? Like, is, is Snyder able to raise the price up? Yeah, because if he has to sell something and people are forcing him to sell, then does everybody else agree what the price is that yeah, he like has that's to agree to? <laughs> Well, I mean, don't you can't you sell it for whatever someone will buy it for, right? I mean, he can set. Doesn't he get to set the price if he gets if he's forced to sell it? Oh, but then he I can just say, "Oh, I want this. Then I want this. Then I want this. Then." Good point. That's where they can step in and force them. That's where Roger could say, "Yeah, I wonder how it would go." If so you whoever just buys this longer team and longer is... and longer. No, I don't want. They they offered three and a half billion. I want seven billion. Like I can't imagine you can just sit there for. And, I would and assume it's going to be more. five billion. I think it's going to be a low price. I think it's going to be five. If you can get in five. the NFL. It's in Washington, D.C. you got to remember, that's one of the most expensive places on earth. They're, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. And the value right now actually, is $3.4 billion. $3.4 billion plus future earnings if you want to sell it, if you want to, like, that is. Their fans are pretty diehard, too, if they're good, but I think they've just been bad and, and run poorly for such a long time that people are so fed up there. But if they are actually good and showing some promise, I think people will show up. Isn't that valuations lower because there's no sponsors right now either? Value it's not just what you currently have. It's like the expectations with the NFL and TV. So rights. that's like if you can't sell it, none of those sponsors are coming back. That means that's half the price. Right? If you get a new, if you get a brand new owner and new team name, it is like the business is starting over almost. I would assume that FedEx will stick around because they're the ones that kind of made the first initial jump about having to change the name. And Pepsi and Nike will have to be because they're a part of the NFL. But it is going to be a very interesting business because you got to change the entire thing now, right? So it's if. If he is selling now, granted, we have gone from this show in the last hour and three minutes. We have gone from allegedly there is these things happening. Now we're an hour and three minutes later, and he is selling the team. Okay, this show, <laughs> a lot has happened here in the last sixty-three minutes. But if he sells this team, the entire you're talking about everybody that's in the front office is gone and moving is Rivera still the coach I would assume he is because yeah. whoever comes in will want him he's to not be caught up he's only done he's he's handled everything great he is he's an outsider he has come in after all this has happened and whoever owns the team will want him to be a coach you're not going to get a better coach than Ron Rivera mm -hmm. or somebody that's more well liked so but everybody then is potentially gone out of there you have to have an entire new business team an entire new because I guess there's some shady business stuff going on there too allegedly if this comes out to be true so I mean that is in 12 days training camp starts 12 days <laughs> training camp starts they might have to change the person who's mowing the grass you don't even think about that like there is a lot of shit that has to happen here uh, so I looked up the sale of the Carolina Panthers, and it says Richardson, who was the owner, initially sought at least $3 billion for his team. 
Uh, no one was in at that, but then 2.6 someone was in, but he couldn't raise the money, and then eventually sold to Tepper for 2.2. So it seems like Snyder will be able to sell it for as much as he can. And 2.2 for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. yeah. Double it. I would assume that's double, right, for the – no offense to the Carolina Panthers. I'm just talking market. about cost of living, location. D.C. is yeah. very expensive, everything there. <laughs> But if you're the if you're the potential buyer of the team, like when you're negotiating, you're saying, "Hey, look at this." He's gonna show a clip from this show. Like, <laughs> look at what Pat McAfee just said. Like, we may have to hire new guys to mow the grass. Like, we gotta we gotta start over. This is a complete rebranding, a complete rebuild. I can't be paying four billion dollars. I need it for one point four, and then you just go from there. And it's gonna sit on the shelf. Some people won't want to buy it. You know, it's a niche market. I mean, you do full <laughs> pawn stars that <laughs> thing. I guess yeah. there's, there's some dents. There's a lot of dents in this thing. I mean, it's about to spring open like a Wayfair cabinet. Oh, dude, come on. What? He's got problems, dude. He's got problems. Come they don't on. spring Pickle. open either, Nick. They're locked. How would you know? I've been down some holes on the internet. Jesus. Anyways, it's a problem. So, yeah. are we done? Yeah, the thing is, you know, the second we're done, all of this stuff is going to be confirmed. I know. <laughs> you think we just kind of hang out? Yeah. Just kind of hang out. Okay, Tigers, two under through three. We should do a couple questions from YouTube. Okay. Yeah, do it. All right. They're very positive today, by the way, the YouTube comment section. It's been a very non-toxic Why? place. Being, you being facetious? I think. I've looked down there Good a couple words. times, and I've just seen people guessing what's going on in D.C., and boy, I, if they're right, that'd be, that, <laughs> I need to go, that'll I be need a very different. Yeah. I'd like to know what people are, what they're brainstorming, what it could possibly be. I don't even think, the, the text that I got with all those allegations that have not been confirmed that then started, I guess other people got that same text and that started drifting on the internet. I would have never thought that that was what was happening. Like I would have never, I would have never been like, Oh, that's probably what it is. You know, just because of how it's been hyped up. Like this is big, 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 sad news, big, 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 sad news, bad news. Sad. Definitely sad. You're right. Sad for a lot of people. Sad for the NFL. Yeah, we'll see. It's all alleged right now, but AJ, the rumors what, have run ramp. Usually, when there's smoke, there's fire. There's some some truth to it when you hear all these rumors. AJ, weren't you the fifth overall draft pick before the CBA, and you just got a lot of guaranteed money? Oh, he was yeah. right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you renegotiated another deal, right? Didn't he do that? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And then you played for the Bengals for a little bit, right? Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And then he's also a part of On It. We see that commercial like oh, every what yeah. day or something Huge. on the internet. Yep. Why don't you AJ buy? Loves On It. Why don't you buy a team? Yeah, no, you know, I don't want to relocate. If I could stay in Ohio, maybe. But I don't want to have to move to D.C. By the Bengals. Can the new owner move the team? <laughs> can you bring them? Have two teams? Like, yeah, no, that can't happen. Good can luck. the new owner say, I want to go to San Antonio? Oh, or Fiali, Fiali, Ohio. I think they can. It's kind of tough to get to, right. to get relocation. You got to have it. You got to be in with those owners. You got to glad hand people. You got to figure things out. I'm not in that guy. I would, if I owned a team, the only thing I would request is that they do not serve any meatball subs in the concessionary. Oh, you! That's what I'm talking about, AJ. We have no meatballs in the stadium. <laughs> Definitely you. no meatball subs. Oh, Listen, you're me- wrong. Meatballs on spaghetti for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's great, actually, on spaghetti. I love it. I'll even eat a meatball alone. But a meatball sub is just not supposed to be a thing, AJ. It's not a thing. It's just, it's not a thing. Yeah, but you love Skyline, AJ. It's like noodles with diarrhea on top of it. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
What's up what now? He said? <laughs> he said Skyline's noodles with diarrhea. He said that, not me. I didn't say that. He said that. Well, I mean, if your baby stomach can't handle it, then yeah. Oh, you oh, oh, oh. little bitch-ass stomach no. over there. No. Little bitch-ass stomach. I mean, you need to eat that with a diaper. You call it <laughs> spaghetti. You call it chili. I mean, it's trash. It's trash. Anyway, well, oh. it's diarrhea. Yeah, like somebody that grew up in Ohio, though, when I, I, I'm... I grew up on it, so I don't have any issues. Maybe it's like when if you travel somewhere in a third world country, hey, don't drink the water. If they say, hey, hey, you're coming to Ohio, don't eat Skyline. Like, I don't have that. I'm I'm a native. I don't I don't have any issues. You're immune to it because you grew up. It's like when you microdosed yourself uh, shellfish because yeah. you were allergic. Yeah, I had some shrimp cocktail a couple nights ago. Oh, oh, oh. science new. working out. For wow. those that don't know that are watching. AJ was once deathly allergic to shellfish, and he wanted to eat shrimp cocktail at the hoity-toity events he was getting invited to so bad that he started micro-dosing himself until he was able to accomplish the feat. And here we are, 2020, still able to do it. Congratulations, AJ. Thank you very much. I was not deathly allergic. My, just my yeah, eyes would swell up real bad and couldn't see too much. My throat would just get scratchy. It wouldn't close. So die. I could still breathe. Yeah, but you never know. Yeah, but you don't know. The more you eat, the, the what more What if you're walking down the street, you can't fucking see anything, you get hit by a car? Is that death or not? If I'm walking down the street, I can't see anything. Guess what I do, Pat? I just stop walking. <laughs> you got somewhere to go. Not that bad. I don't need to be hit by a car walking blind. Huh. Part of the allergies. Yeah, you don't Keeps know. your legs moving. <laughs> it's a yeah. hell of an allergy. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> you microdose yourself and you beat that allergy. Yeah. Congratulations to you. Tomorrow we'll be back maybe with some reaction to the Washington Post article that is going to shatter and shake the NFL, if the shit we are hearing is true, from AJ Hawk, myself, and all of the boys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to the channel. Don't be a stooge. We'll see you manana. That's the show. That's the show. That's the show. And that's the show. And. What we just did back then, that's a show. The greatest sports talk show on the internet from one to two Eastern Standard Time. So come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on YouTube Live. It's McAfee and Hulk. It's McAfee and Hulk Sports Talk. AJ used to tackle quarterbacks and he's a rust belt kind of guy. That's the butter of the decade for the 2010s Kicking piss missiles to the sky It's McAfee and Hulk It's McAfee and Hulk Sports Talk It's McAfee and Hulk Sports Talk So sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about the greatest shorts to ever exist Okay, everybody knows I got big thighs Skies out, thighs out quad father all these things so finding shorts is not easy it's not easy to find shorts that fit it's not easy to find things that are comfortable and move with me and have the liner inside that acts as boxer briefs but is even more comfortable because it's not actually a part of the you get it it is bird dogs Bird dogs are gym shorts with a built-in silky soft inner liner that makes underwear obsolete. Ha! Obsolete! They also make the best pants that I've ever worn. When you put these shorts on, you're going to be like, hey, I understand way back in the day 
way back in the day. They tried to make the bathing suits that had the thing that held your kit and caboodle together. They were trying to eliminate underwear, so you didn't have to get your underwear wet when you jumped in the pool. Well, bird dogs came along, revolutionized it, and made the most comfortable thing ever. You don't have to put on underwear, and you can wear these shorts in the gym. You can wear them in the pool, and you can even wear them to an office meeting if you have to. They look damn good, and the pants are fantastic as well. Right now, you go to birddogs.com and enter promo code PAT, and they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks. Yup. You heard it. Nunchucks. You'll get an actual murder weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, promo code PAT, and boom, free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. They are fantastic. I worked out in them today. I'll sleep in a pair tonight. You'll enjoy the hell out of them. Birddogs.com, promo code PAT. You get a free pair of nunchucks. Hoi! New Era and the Buffalo Bills have ended their relationship of New Era being the official sponsor of Orchard Park, the stadium up there in Buffalo. Uh, good news for the Buffalo Bills, though. Tushy, a bidet company, would like to step in there, which could be tough for the Buffalo Bills to kind of spin that it is an actual toilet stadium at that point. Yeah. But, hey. That's business, baby. That's business. That's what right. do. Speaking of business, the Buffalo Bills are about to go here, by the way. I'd assume the sponsors are going to jump in there. Speaking oh, yeah. of the Buffalo Bills, we got a Bills Mafia legend and also an NFL PA vice president, which has a rather large meeting in about 28 minutes from now to discuss the rollout back into play in the crazy world that we're in. Ladies and gentlemen, two-time pro bowler and all-pro, Lorenzo Alexander. Yeah, Lorenzo! Fellas, what's up? Hey, great to chat with you. Thank you for making some time with us today, Lorenzo. Let's get right into it. The NFLPA, something that you know a lot about. We chatted to you about the CBA negotiations and the voting, and you were incredibly uh, uh, good at breaking it all down. Now, we saw what happened with the MLB and the MLBPA. We saw what happened with the NBA and the MBPA. We saw what happened with the MLS and their players. We've seen all this go down before with the return to play during this COVID-19 quarantine era. The conversation in 28 minutes that's going to happen with the NFLPA, what is that going to be about, and when do you think there's going to be a vote on whether or not July 28th will be a date that is a sticking date for training camp return? Yeah, I'm not quite sure when, when that date will be as far as voting on actual protocols or whatnot, but right now we're still kind of working through all the details. Also, we're fortunate enough to kind of watch those other leagues that you just kind of rattled off right there, see some of their mistakes and their errors that they've made, and making sure that we protect our players Foremost and for, uh, foremost from the, from the virus, obviously making sure that the health and safety protocols are properly uh, implemented, uh, structured, so that we can mitigate this disease as much as possible. Obviously, in a contact sport like football, is going to be extremely hard in close quarters, but we got to make sure that those things are in place. Uh, number two, the second prong is obviously the economics of it, which is always tightly uh, tied to all these discussions because it's professional sports and. Uh, making sure that our guys, uh, if they want to opt out or taken care of, um, uh, what is going to look like this year because of revenue will be down. How do we uh, overcome that shortfall with uh, based with the confines of our uh, CBA? So there's a lot of different, um, I guess, issues that we have to continue to comb over and, and look at. And it's going to it's going to take a little bit of time. You know, we obviously got two weeks before training camp, but we're working uh, diligently. Um, as far as getting this thing panned out, as far as our perspective, obviously the owner's perspective, which oftentimes 
um, is in um, opposite ends and then move towards a, a goal as quick as possible. Does it feel as if there's a spirit of cooperation this time around? We talked to Pierre Maguire, who's a NBC yeah. NHL reporter, and he said that with the NHL and the NHLPA, it felt like there was a spirit of cooperation. They got an extension on a CBA done for another couple of years. They got yeah. bonuses paid out early. They got two hub cities. It felt like that conversation, which nobody expected the right. NHL to be able to do, went very well. Does it feel like, because Richard Sherman said that they had a conversation with management it went very well does it feel as if yeah. this is two sides trying to come together and get this done more so than it has in the past yeah it's definitely beneficial that we got our cba done right before this hit i mean i think if we were going through this time the talks would be a lot more contentious but i think because we have that business kind of set up in the structure there there's not like like in the mlb posturing for uh the future cba and so i, I know as far as the science perspective of it though when we talk about health and safety um we're just following the science. You know, both sides can see what we need to do with the protocols by the Joint Committee have been recommended, and it's easier to fall in line there. Um, obviously, there's been some contention over two preseason games, zero preseason games, but that's more based on coaches want to evaluate players. But I think we'll get to where we want to be on that issue. Um, but money is money. It's always trying to figure out the best way to uh, get to the end goal. I think we all understand that uh, COVID has impacted uh, the economics of the world and, and football is not uh, immune to that. And so it's about how do we remedy it? I think there's different methods. I think the owner's method is a lot different than ours. And so that's going to probably be the biggest fight, not actually over the money, but how do we overcome this shortfall that, that we've all had to um, endure? 35% in escrow was such a very uh, aggressive stance. I, I feel like the NFL started swinging. <laughs> I, I feel like that was a that was quite an early shot by the NFL. And then since that got leaked publicly, and then there were some players, I thought there was a chance it was going to get very public and very ugly. But since then, it has kind of died back. Is that because there hasn't been conversations, or has there been an actual effort to not try to get this out on the streets yeah i mean i think both i mean i think it's been a, uh, um, an effort not to make this all public obviously that's never good for for guys that make the type of money we make as well as the owners to kind of publicly go back and forth uh understanding the the, the climate that and the entire country is in and people that are less fortunate and so never want to flaunt that um in people's faces i think also uh, i think the talks we, we, we've kind of moved away from, from that, that process of even thinking that 35% is the reality. And I think the, the owners understand that. And so we're trying to come up with different ways, continue to go over these proposals, going back and forth and move to a goal that is, I think, mutually beneficial to both players and ownership. And I think there's ways that we can do that that are creative. And it may not be, uh, you know, 100% buy-in, but if we can get buy-in, obviously, when we're doing these big-type deals, when it impacts so many people, if we can get the majority to buy-in, I think it'll be good. Lorenzo, I saw yesterday that one of the potential hang-ups is the injury designation if a player does get COVID, whether it's a non-football injury or how it's classified. Right. For, for a simple brain like me, I didn't really understand what, what, what maybe the holdup was there. Can you explain that? Well, it's, it's all about um, liability, right? And so where did you contract the disease? How did you get it? And so, you know, um, obviously guys have already had it. It's passed them. You know, or did you get it once you get to training camp when you're traveling? Are you covered as you travel to training camp? Are you are you covered once you go home from work? You know, what does that look like as far as being covered for that injury? And will it be considered a non-football injury where you won't get paid? Or would it be under the umbrella of a football injury because you contracted it at work? And since we can't detect it, obviously players want to be covered wherever we're at, especially at work, because that's probably the most 
highest uh, um, uh, risk place that we can get it versus the owners going to say, well, players are out at the club hanging out. <laughs> they probably got it there and they're trying to pass liability to some other way so they don't have to be responsible uh, for the future ramifications because we really don't understand this disease, you know, obviously in the present. And who knows what long term effects it may have, especially on those that have long term or underlying uh, pre-existing conditions. That's a classic motorcycle. Yeah, he can ride a motorcycle, but if you get hurt, we're not paying for a dime <laughs> of that thing. Yeah. The um, the thought though, the thought though about the testing is the conversation now that guys are getting tested every single day because if guys are getting going to get tested every single day, there's a lot of dudes on a lot of teams, including right. equipment managers, athletic trainers, everybody around there. Is that what would have to be the case, you think, for this uh, deal to get done? Is like, hey, we need everybody tested every single day? Yeah, well, that's what our, 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 our jointly uh, appointed medical committee uh, recommended. I think that's why we're trying to follow the science because when you put all these people, as you said, it's more than just the players. It's coaches, front office, uh, the medical personnel, trainers, the uh the uh, equipment staff, all these people are in the room. And so you have to make sure that we are getting tested daily and we're not in a bubble. So I'm going home to my kids who may be going to school, my wife who may be working, who knows everybody's exact situation. Oh, no. And you want as much information as you can so that you don't have somebody who's asymptomatic essentially spreading it throughout the locker room or its position group um, or to a coach, which I think would be even more impactful because if you lose two or three coaches, that is, I mean, it's going to be almost impossible to play a game. How about head trainer? How about head trainer or physical therapist? I mean, there's right. there's yeah, a I lot mean, of very people. important people. There's a lot of very important people that people aren't thinking. But now, granted, quarterback, obviously a yeah. problem. But like, right. there's a yeah. lot of other people that are very important to the operation of a team. Yeah, I mean, getting guys taped, making sure guys are healthy. It's a lot of things that go into it. And we don't have a backup of all those jobs and those positions. And so... Uh, the more information you have, I think it's better anytime that you're dealing with a disease, especially that you don't understand a virus. And so you want to be tested because you may have a false positive, false negative. What does that mean? Let me get tested every single day so I can um, help mitigate the virus as best we can in, that, in those close confines. Now, I don't want to pivot away from this because this is a massive part of your life right now. Like the conversation yeah. that's going to happen. I mean, there's <laughs> you're probably going to have some sleepless nights, I'd assume, in the next 12 days here. And I want to thank you. Hey, thank you, hey. by the hey. way. Hey, we need football, okay? So you get in there and you just you go and get it done. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's act as if football does come back. Um yeah. You're Buffalo Bills legend, obviously. Uh, Bill Belichick's paying $1 million for Cam Newton to be their quarterback. How do you feel about that? That's crazy, but I, it really doesn't matter. I don't care who the quarterback is up there. I mean, I think at this point, uh, what the Bills have been able to build over the last three years, the talent that they've added, it's really, it's really their division to lose. And so I see them, if they're not competing for the AFC championship, I think the season has been a disappointment just because of what they have in place. And so... That's just me being, you know, being in that room, understanding how, what the culture is, understanding the talent and the work ethic of those guys. And okay. Obviously, if guys don't get, if guys get hurt, that's something different. But everybody staying healthy, they should make a huge, another big jump. I mean, what do we have? 10, 11 wins last year. Oh. I mean, I should see someone in that same vicinity and, 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 and maybe even contending for a, a uh, uh, a number one seed where they can get that buy, which I think is going to be crit critical. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know this is how the Bills mafia. Feel. I did not know this is how the Buffalo Bills feel. I like that this. Oh, is you how know the that? Of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's all there. The pieces are there. They still got to go out and do the work, of course. But there's no reason why they shouldn't. I mean, Sean, obviously this pandemic and all that's kind of thrown a wrench, but. 
they put they put the work in. They understand how to work. They understand how to play. And I think because they have that continuity, it's going to give them a leg up early in the season when you, versus some other teams. They have a new head coach, young quarterback, maybe a young roster. Um, it's to win some of those early games because of their veteran um, presence and their, their knowledge of the scheme. They don't have to really teach too much. So, Lorenzo, with you saying all that and you were on that team last year, like, are you thinking in the back of your head like, hey, couple starting linebackers make make a COVID in the middle of the season. Uh, I need to stay prepared in case yeah. there's a phone call. Oh, I'm ready. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. No, you never know. So they make that run. Yeah, call me up, Brandon. You know I'll be ready. For uh, good luck in that call in about 18 minutes. We hope you guys can figure something out, obviously, in the safest fashion possible. Uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us, Lorenzo. I appreciate you, Pat. I'll see you later. Hey, stay safe, stay healthy. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill's Mafia legend, Lorenzo Alexander. Yeah, Lorenzo! Woo! All right, all right. Another week down. Massive thanks to all of the guests in an incredibly titanic size without sinking the size of the ship. Thank you to all of you choosing to listen to this show. I get to live a dream, honestly. I get to talk about shit that's happening in the sports world with my friends and the fact that you guys listen to it. We are eternally grateful and indebted to you for it. Thank you so much. I hope you have an incredible weekend, you know, with all things being considered. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. And, uh, yeah. Keep an eye out on the Twitter for the hashtag end of pod squad winners. They will be announced today sometime. 500 bucks. You can still get in. If I haven't picked the winners yet, I'm picking two of them. Hashtag end of pod squad. Say what's up. Say cheers. Maybe take a picture where you've been listening to the show from. It's been nice to kind of learn about who's been listening to this show. It's been nice to kind of see some faces. It's been nice to know that we have listeners literally all over the globe. And I'm happy about this community that we're building. I feel like we're a pretty positive one, a good one. And ain't nobody going to want to fuck with us. I'm joking. We ain't about that. But I am thankful you listen to the show. From all of us to all of you, thank you once again. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. Cheers.